from the palatial Mars Studios in the Barony of Westermark, Principality of the Mists in the Kingdom of the West. I'm Countess Kettley, and this is Kettley's SCA Podcast. This week, we chat with the Princess of Awartha, the Kingdom Rapier Champion of Aidenveld, and two of my favorite Western peers. We'll start with one of those peers. What is your SCA name? I am Etienne Dupommier. I am a duchess, a countess, and a mistress of the Laurel, and a mistress of the Pelican, and also a court baroness. How did you find out about the SCA? What was your first event? So I had two first events. My first first event was a uh, Miss Investiture, and like many people, I dated my way into the SCA. <laughs> um, I uh, was dating a man who also did Renaissance Fair. And I did Renaissance Fair, and he took me to Miss Investiture to meet some other friends of his. And even with a Native guide, it wasn't stuff that I was really invested in. What I like to count as my first event was a boar hunt, an extremely fun event. It happens in the Berkeley Hills in December, and there's a lot of stuff you can do to participate in that event that isn't just watching court and watching a bunch of people you don't know go through rituals you aren't familiar with. So that's the one I like to count as my first because it was really engaging. That's a great event to take newcomers to. Because there's stuff for you to do that isn't so enmeshed in a self-referential culture that you actually get a feel for stuff without having someone explain it to you every minute of the day. Well, speaking of... Events with courts. How was Perg? Perg was great, actually. <laughs> there were more people. The weather was fantastic. People were happy. There was no drama. It was it was tons of fun. What did their majesties step up in? They stepped up in 12th century clothing that was made by Master Klaus and designed by a, a team of about four people. And they looked fabulous. They had the gravitas of royalty and their clothing had the gravitas of royalty. And as you know, that's that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> their majesties are doing a royal hunt. Her majesty's vision is that this is a this is an activity that everyone can participate in that happens at local events and that happens at widely far-flung events across the kingdoms. The way it works is it's a mythical hunt. Everyone can participate. Whoever wants to can come in, and they will get arrows from the mistress of the hunt, and then they will do challenges against the beasts. There are 12 beasts played by sometimes the same person, sometimes a different person at each event. Those beasts have challenges that are specific to the beasts and that relate back to the virtues. So, for instance, if the virtue is perseverance, you might have to try against that beast three times. There may be riddles, there may be games, there may be arm wrestling. Um, you won't know till you get there. You wanted to talk about the importance of informal teaching. Is that right? There are a ton of places in the FCA where you can learn or you can teach in a less intimidating environment mm -hmm. or a less academic environment. And my current crusade in the FCA is to start encouraging these informal teaching venues and to start encouraging people to teach in a different way than you might have thought of teaching before. We, we tend to conceptualize teaching as either a make and take so you get a kit, you make something during the hour or two hours, and then you take it home, which is fun for some people, or a lecture-based class with a handout, here's all the stuff you do. But there's a ton of other ways you can teach. And one of my highlights from this weekend at Purgatorio was someone said, hey, I want to know how you make your 12th century gowns. And I said, sure. And we did an impromptu teaching session by the edge of the list field 
where I actually took measurements and explained how I do everything I do. And a friend of ours, um, Mr. Thea, actually went ahead and she videoed that. And now that's up on Facebook. But that's a really good example of a demo teaching and something that didn't require any scheduling to learn or to teach. What is your SCA name? Seva Harafin's daughter. Do you have any current titles in the SCA? <laughs> so current titles? Yeah. Princess. But 15 minutes after they made me a princess, they made me a pelican. <laughs> so I'm, I'm Princess Pelican. Pelican Princess. Woohoo! Yay! Congratulations. How exciting for you. Thank you. I am the princess of Awartha. So what have you done so far as princess? I got to go to Penzik because that was already in the cards. Nice. And then um, I went to Lichnapsia, which is Festival of the Lanterns in Escalia. So they had their Baroness's Champion for Heavy and Rapier. And we also had our very first youth combat tourney. Do you have any new outfits that you're working on as princess? I have so many new clothes I'm working on. It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I just placed the order for all the linen and all the silk, and we're going to get some wool. The first one will be on debut at Great Western War. What's the next worth an event that you're really looking forward to? It would have to be the event that's taking place this weekend. It's Winter's Gate Commander Seat, where Winter's Gate selects their new rapier champion for the year. And that's also where I'm going to be selecting my champion. So that's exciting, too. How did you find out about the SCA? What was your first event? So my first event... I was seven years old, and my mom took me to a Yule. Was it there in Awartha? It, it was. It was in Awartha. It was here in Winter's Gate. Wow. And Winter's Gate in the 80s was a bunch of college students. It was a very small event. I would say probably no more than 15 people were there, and I loved it, and I fell in love with the SCA. What do you know about Awartha's history? Do you know anything about it? There were a few people that were involved in getting it started. Mistress Morgana was one of the people that I know of that actually got Awartha to be recognized as a principality up here. Like, even her last name is Awartha, so... Oh, wow. We affectionately refer to her as the Iron Fist of the North because without her persistence and stubbornness, Awartha eventually would have become a principality, but not when it did. When did it become? Do you do you know the general time? I want to say 1979. Okay. I, I'm not 100% accurate, though. What does Awartha do different than, say, even not just the West, but any other kingdom? So Awartha is different in that we are a huge principality within just one state, but we're all so close-knit that what people do down in Juneau, we hear about up here in Fairbanks. So Juneau's the Shire of Erangild, Fairbanks is Winter's Gate, and just to give a sense of distance, that's probably close to 600 miles. Wow. You can only fly into Juneau. I mean, the SCA, known worldwide, is a big family. You can go anywhere and say, hey, I'm a Skadian from the West Kingdom, and you're in Drakenwald, and they'll be like, hey, let me give you some of that black drink. (laughs) A word that's different is that we are very set in our traditions. We're generally the last ones to jump on any bandwagon, so to speak, like the rest of the known world. And it's not because, you know, we don't know how. It's 
we like staying in our current middle ages instead of, you know, continuing to go on to the next big thing. You know, not saying that Orth wants to become a kingdom, but like Kaid became a kingdom, Ontir became a kingdom. Do I smell rebellion? That's where my princess foot goes down. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> so you're going to Great Western War? I am. What are you excited about? To really just see all my friends and family again. The biggest thing for me, traveling outside of Awartha, it makes me feel happy to see all the smiling faces catch up on what's happened in the past year. Because most of the people that I see at Great Western, I don't see except for there. One last question. Yeah. Uh, what Baroness gives you the most trouble? That would have to be my, my homie, Baroness Elena of Wintersgate. What has she been up to? So it's because of her. I went from one outfit, new outfit for my reign, to four. What? Four. I am making four new outfits for me and four new outfits for Cullen. <laughs> and what about this? And what about this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I have to do all that. But, but she's cool. She's like, no, I got you. I'm going to help you. That, that's my trouble. <laughs> <laughs> what is your SCA name? I am Leah Radolf of Padgham. I live in the Principality of the Mist, province of Southern Shores. You play a lot, too. I see you everywhere. You are running lists and working gates, but you also really have a passion in the SCA, right? I am so much about Bardic, it's sort of scary. <laughs> I started out... Uh, the description is that I had a cloak of invisibility for most of my first decade in the SCA. I would go and hang out at places where people were doing Bardic because I love being Bardic audience. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I do Bardic now is to make sure that people have something to listen to and it encourages other people to perform so that I get something to listen to. My household includes Ebony Punslayer, who... Back in you know the Dark Ages, AS28 or so was the Bard of the Mist. And so there was a lot of bardic happening around me. Loved the intellectual challenge of wordplay. And so I would put together a piece each year for Ducal Prize Tourney, which has a competition on Saturday nights of writing silk, music that is put to somebody else's tune, sort of like Weird Al Yankovic, that is going to have our own in on what the words are about, but it saves somebody from having to create their own melody. And so I would write, you know, things like, if I had a heater, <laughs> instead of if I had a hammer, I actually stumbled across the words to that as I was cleaning up some really old stuff just last week. <laughs> it's really not very good. I've gotten better over the years. <laughs> For Ducal Prize in 2001, the competition category was to filk a Disney tune, and I managed to put together a filk that really spoke to people to the tune of Go the Distance from Hercules. Uh, the, the phrase was that the cloak of invisibility shredded. I started doing Bardic much more visibly. By the end of that SCA year at Beltane, I entered the Bard of the West competition and first shot ever entering a, a competition as a competitor, uh, I won it. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's, it's been sort of just, you know, wild ride ever since. 
Now, Ducal's happening soon, right? This weekend. I was busy getting ready and putting all of my things in order and packing up for it before I was talking to you. So this is a great chance to get a a break. Ducal is one of my two favorite events of the whole year. Uh, Ducal Prize Tourney is actually a fundraising event that happens Labor Day weekend every year. Through it, we have raised enough money that not the SCA itself, but an associated group called the Kingdom Historical Trust has bought a property up in the foothills on the way towards Yosemite. And now we are raising money to be able to do improvements to that property so that we'll be able to use it for tournaments and wars and whatever we need to. If people are just dipping their toes into the Bardic field in the SCA, what kind of advice do you have? The first thing that I would say, and this is something that I've been using a lot lately to describe what we do in the SCA, is to think about refrigerator art. And I'm betting that you, like me, mm-hmm. had something that you made at some point you know, that went up on mom and dad's refrigerator. And it's on that refrigerator because it was given as a gift of love and it was received as a gift of love and it's cherished that way. What we do in the SCA, we don't make art that should hang in the Louvre. We don't make music that should be sold to the mass market and make the top 20, you know, kind of billboard list. But we make things that are cherished and important to us because they're gifts of love and they're gifts of self. So, you know, no matter how good I ever become, I'm always going to be making refrigerator art. And once I realized that, it really freed me from a lot of anxiety about not being good enough, not writing the perfect piece, not doing the perfect performance, because they never are. Well, what's your SCA name? I am the Honorable Lord Wade Greenwall. And what does that mean, Honorable Lord? What's what's that title mean? So that means that I have a grant of arms. The order that I have a, a grant of arms through is called the Order of the Golden Trumpet, a grant-level award for service through the vocal arts. It's given to heralds and bards that uh, perform service for the kingdom through, well, their vocal arts. Are you a herald or a bard or both? I, I am a herald. That's how I got my AOA for heralding. Awesome. Yeah. So my very first court that I ever was in, I wanted to get more involved. I was in kind of a fringy household. All we did was go to Australia War and, and party. <laughs> I want to know more about the SCA. And so a friend said, hey, talk to the Herald guys. He was like, oh, you want to be a hero? Fantastic. I'm going on vacation. I need you to read this script at the next court. So my very first court that I ever went to, I was the Herald. And it was a mess. Because <laughs> I had never, I didn't know how how processions worked. I didn't know I was supposed to, yes. you know, walk in front of the Baron and Baroness. I I got accused of having that new Herald smell. It was a good dive into the deep end. I've been heralding ever since that very first event, standing behind the thrones and watching as people got called up and and just the look in their eyes and on their faces as they're getting recognized, is what recharges me people as they realize that other people notice that they've done good things and and that they are worthy. Wade, what event were you at last? Um, So last weekend was the fall tournament for the Kingdom of Adenbelt. Uh, It was held out at uh, Fort Huachuca on the Mexican border of Arizona. 
something special happened for you that weekend. Am I correct? There, there were a couple things. So I actually stepped down as the Corona Herald, which is the, the herald in charge of all kingdom level guild heralding. So for the first time in two years, I was able to actually compete in the Queen's Rapier Champion list. Before I stepped up into the position of Corona Herald, I went out to 50 year. Queen of Anstiora, Queen Margarita, which she gave me a little yellow wooden rose with the phrase, this is a rose that will never die. I held on to that, and I planned on giving it to the queen that I fought for in, in the Queen's Rapier Champion Tournament, because at the beginning of every Queen's Rapier Champion Tournament, all of the competitors present the queen with a rose. But since I've been in the position of Corona Herald, I haven't been able to do that since 50 year back in 2016. So I, I gave that rose to Her Highness Elizabeth, and it was awesome. She she got all verklempt and uh, a little teary-eyed, you know. So the day was one that moment because that was all I really wanted out of out of the day. But I went on to to actually win the tournament, and I am now the Queen's Rapier Champion for uh, Her Highness Elizabeth. <laughs> That's what you get for uh, stepping down from a job. Another job! <laughs> right. So many jobs. Are you going to be at Great Western War? Oh, yes, I will be at Great Western War. Since Her Royal Highness will be going to Great Western, I will be rapiering. I also heard to. My motto is do all the things. <laughs> so the last time that I went to Great Western, though, you'll probably have to edit this out again, too. Mm. <laughs> so there was, there was this awesome story. Her Majesty Elzbieta at the time was with us. We had a bunch of mods and white scarves, and the scenario was set up so that there was a defending side and an attacking side. And if the attacking side got a live person past a certain line, um, the defending side lost their ability to wreck. So we were given one of the bridges. So we basically built up this like flying V. <laughs> and I was in the center of the flying V. Her Majesty Elsby had this tiny little thing. She was behind me. <laughs> and we had this, this wedge. <laughs> and we went across the line uh, singing Crazy Train. Uh, oh, Lord! Oh, it was amazing. To this day, any time that we are like, okay, we need to get from point A to point B, somebody alive, it is not crazy train <laughs> maneuver. I know you do service and you fight. Are you into art at all? I was Kingdom's Arts and Sciences champion a couple of years back. Basically, I, I found a historical town cry that was read in the 1500s, and I, I read it in history behind that particular town cry and the reason it was given the recording actually made its way back to a a modern day town crier in england uh who then invited me to a world town crier competition and did you win no no i i, I didn't i didn't go oh you didn't go but, uh, so in the city of chester um the Welsh were not allowed to gather in, in numbers larger than three. They weren't allowed to carry weapons. Um, they weren't allowed to go about after hours uh, at night because they were afraid of the, the Welshmen rising up against the English. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! In this fourth year of the reign of our liege lord, King Henry the Fourth. It is hereby proclaimed for the safe custody of the city of Chester that no Welshman shall enter the walls of the city before sunrise, that no Welshman shall enter any wine or beer tavern, that no Welshman bear arms save only a knife for cutting his dinner, that they hold no meetings 
all assemblies, and that three Welshmen meet not together within the walls of aforesaid under pain of decapitation. God save the king! From the palatial Mars studio in the barony of Westermark, Principality of the Mists in the Kingdom of the West, I'm Countess Kettley, and this is Kettley's SCA Podcast.